take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May, Trent Smallwood. We're welcoming all of you guys in as it is a huge day here for Georgia football recruiting, something that we've been kind of hitting on since, well, December 17th. Uh, you know, when he decommitted, UGA Sports has kind of been all over this saying that Georgia is the favorite. And that didn't change throughout this entire time, despite reports elsewhere, all this kind of stuff. Georgia has remained in the lead for Dylan Raiola, and it culminates with a commitment here today. Trent, Jed, uh, first of all, how are you guys doing this evening, and uh, what's your reaction to the the big news? Yeah, well, I I told y'all before uh, we started, I'm in – Blackshear on a South Georgia road trip. So we all know who is from Blackshear, a, a national championship winning quarterback. And it, it's only fitting that I'm here on the day that uh, that Dylan Ariola comes on board and everyone's got, you know, expectations that he'll do the same in Athens. So a little bit of uh, poetic justice there. Trent? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of talking, uh, you know, looking at all the uh, reactions from other commits, um, well-known people around the country, you know, just players from our previous players. And uh, it's a big deal. I mean, him committing today is a huge deal. Um, it's a huge deal for Georgia's program uh, moving forward. Not that it's not on the top of the world right now, just that they're not going away anytime soon. And th- th- this t- these type of pickups are uh, just proving just that. Oh, it's it's insane, uh, the, the reaction that it's getting. And it kind of all started when you're talking about reaction – is last night when family friend of the Raiola family, Dan Orlovsky, who played in Detroit with Dominic Raiola for a number of years, uh, he posted out, hey, big news, big stuff happening in Athens, uh, and then tagged Georgia football. And then he went on to say, most talented at the position since Matthew Stafford, and kind of felt like, oh, I might have got over my skis a little bit with that. So he edited the tweet and stuff like that. Um, But then – then Dylan's sister goes and retweets it, and uh, at, at that point, everybody knows, hey, this thing is, is – this is going down. This, this is happening. Um, we, we knew here that Dan Orlovsky was going to be the guy that kind of get the, get the nod, get the tip. I mean, he is kind of maybe the foremost authority right now at ESPN on quarterback play and all that kind of stuff, and you got you got to listen to what Orlovsky says. And, of course, they have that, that family connection there. So uh, – I think it's kind of a full circle moment. There's actually a clip, and uh, I'll have to find this and put it on our our uh, TikTok and and all that kind of stuff and, and Instagram reels. But there's a clip, guys, from I believe three years ago when Raola was uh, in a freshman or coming out of his freshman year. His freshman year was about to end, something along those lines, where Orlovsky was calling the Georgia Georgia Tech game, and he actually mentioned Dylan Raiola as a guy who Georgia was going to, you know, be, be big for uh, coming out. And, you know, it comes to fruition almost you know, three years later. So kind of crazy that all this kind of stuff comes full circle. And we're talk, we'll talk about the history of it here in a minute. Um, guys, we're going to be touching on the who's next portion of this, how this impacts everything. Who knows? We could have a guest or two pop in here middle of the show. We'll see see what happens there. A lot of lot of moving parts going on behind the scenes. But Trent, I mean, people are going to point to 
okay, well, you already see it out there. There's there's some memes and all this stuff circulating. Well, you know, Justin Fields was a, a five-star quarterback that went to Georgia. Brock Vandergriff, he's a five-star quarterback that, that went to Georgia, and neither one of them to this point, at least with Vandergriff, have, have really seen the field, you know, fully and things like that. Um Obviously, Jacob Eason got Wally pipped by by a five star himself and Jake Fromm. How do you feel like this is different, if any, than some of those situations with those five stars coming in? I think it's a little different because there's not a proven quarterback room. There was a proven quarterback room when Fields came in. Um, Fromm Fromm was the man. He just coming off freshman year where he led the team to to the national championship game. Fields coming in the year after him, uh, you knew it was an uphill battle for him to win the job. You know, no matter how much hype he brought in, there's a five-star quarterback in front of you. And then you got, uh, the, you know, Vandergriff came in, and you, you had just the special uh, uh, guy, Stetson Bennett, standing in front of you that – Phenomenon. That, you know, just never linkers that job. I mean, they, they, they tried to, they tried to, they tried to, and, um, and they tried to give it to a five-star. Um, but – uh, they, he, at the end of the day, he just won the job. And I think Brock Vandergriff is a little different uh, just from the the style. Uh, I'm at, you know, he, he was a little raw coming in anyways. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think Dylan Rowe is the, the total package. He, he's bringing a lot of hype behind him. Uh, he, he's the Arch Manning of this year. Um, the, yeah. Just the, does he start day one at Georgia? I, I'm not going to say that. I don't know how the, the Georgia quarterback room is going to work out between now and the time Raul uh, arrives. You know, Gunnar Stockton might shock everybody and be the quarterback this year. Uh, who knows what happens there? But um, this the hype around it and uh, who who he could bring with uh, bring with him and the recruits. You know, you know, you know right behind him. Jed, I was going to you know point out too that he mentioned kind of the different circumstances of those. I would also argue that. None of those guys, when they came in, is there a as of a complete roster as there will be for Georgia by the time Dylan Rowley comes in. There are little to no holes now, and with what Georgia's doing in the 2024 class around Rayola, there's going to be even less holes by the time he arrives in Athens. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because all the talk, you know, with Stetson Bennett these last two years has been, oh, he just needs to be a game manager, not mess things up, whatever. Well, now you're getting that guy who is, is you know, I think it's fair to say more naturally talented than, than Stetson Bennett is. And he's got that roster where you just, you know, got to not mess it up. So, um, yeah, every position. And like you said, when you look at offense specifically, the, the skill talent that is being amassed already and in, in – something I don't think we've really talked about yet is, is the guys that Briola could bring with him. Um, whether it's, you know, potentially Jeremiah Smith, Ryan Wingo, uh, Jaden Riddell, a tight end, um, you know, the, the, the running backs that could be, I mean, the skill talent on offense alone is, is going to be crazy. You pair that with the defense under Kirby smart, Will Muschamp, those guys, it's always going to be pretty solid. And, and it's, yeah, you know, that's how you keep, uh, keep a dynasty going. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy when you think about it, the amount of quarterback talent in terms of perceived talent coming out of high school, Trent, that has made its way through Athens. But as you said, there's been two really special guys that have taken hold of that position, Jake Fromm and Stetson Bennett. And 
you know, a lot of people don't like the fact that maybe those two weren't the guys that they perceived to be the the most talented. But here's the here's the other thing: these guys, in my opinion, were were the most complete quarterbacks on the roster at at that time. And I think, to your point, where Raola may be a little bit different is he is the son of a 14 year NFL center. It, he's had to learn a lot of football just by osmosis, you would think, just being around a guy like that who knows all the – and I think George Foster posted about that on Twitter today or something like that, Trent. Yeah, yeah, no, about, no doubt. And that's the reason why we talked about Cedric Van Pran coming back to Georgia this year is a huge deal for that offense because, I mean, other than the quarterback, that's the leader of your offense, the center. He knows, uh, you know, where to place the offense line, and he knows, he knows everything on every single play. So uh, that's a big deal. And also, you look back at the, the past few years that what Georgia's gone through, um, the, you know, the Justin Fields coming behind from, but also the COVID year um, kind of, uh, you know, allowed Stetson Bennett to, to show himself to the country. Um, then you saw the couple other uh, the five stars come in, Brock Vandegrift, and then you saw Gunnar Stockton come in, who I think was a highly four-star rated prospect. And uh, I guess Carson Beck as well. So you, you have those, you have that talent come in, but you know, there's just been some odd times where Stetson Bennett grabbed the job and those three have been chasing them, you know, ever since he, he did that during that COVID year. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Jed, if you look at it, yeah, uh, people were up in arms about the, the, the Justin Fields thing and how that went down. And then, you know, what transpired after and, and some problems with Georgia's offense, all this kind of stuff. But you could argue, you know, hey, if the Justin Fields thing doesn't happen, okay, if the, if the Justin Fields thing doesn't happen, then Stetson Bennett never happens. And if Stetson Bennett doesn't happen, Georgia probably doesn't win that game against Ohio State in the Peach Bowl because he was nails on that last drive. So, Hey, everything worked out uh, if you're Kirby Smart and the dogs. It, probably not the way he envisioned when he took the job back in 2016, but it worked out. Uh, also, you have to look at the offensive coordinator that hasn't been talked about um, during those times is Jim Chaney at the time when Fields came in was more of a uh, you know run style, uh, you know, uh, especially under Kirby Smart, was more of a run style, run the clock, let our defense play, and then it's Sony, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, and then – um, they changed the um, that Todd Munkin and then or it, Coley was first, but then Todd Munkin. But Fields would probably fit better in the offense with Todd Munkin uh, than he would have with the uh, Cheney because that's more of the type of offense he'd run in. Now you have Mike Bobo, who's you look in the past with Georgia's offenses with Matthew Stafford and those, and, and they like to throw the ball, they like to sling it around. So you're going to see. Uh, you, you saw those high-profile quarterbacks back then and what Bobo could do with that, that high-profile talent on the offensive side of the ball. So I think it has a lot to do with the offensive coordinator uh, with these quarterbacks too. Jed, you got to be quick there because Trent, Trent just swooped right in and took that from you. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, you think of all the alternate universe type stuff with Kirby Smart and quarterback. What if, just, or what if Jacob Eason doesn't get hurt in that second drive against Appalachian State? Then maybe Jake Fromm doesn't come in and then does Justin Fields commit if Eason is entrenched as the guy like there's a lot of then does do uh you know how does things work out with uh Jamie Newman and JT Daniels transferring in and does Jamie Newman leave and you know there's there's so many things that are um that that are that could have gone either way and it's amazing that it all led to 
uh, you know, the story we've been told a million times, a, a former walk-on leading this thing to two national championships. So um, everyone said, you know, like I said, Stetson Bennett's this game manager type or whatever. And I think in 21, that argument was a little more, uh, you know, held a little more water. But playing, like you said, last year, Stetson Bennett made plays when he had to um, in that Peach Bowl, especially. Um, you know, Georgia doesn't win without the way he played. Uh, and and, and you know, as bad as he played in the middle part of that game, he he delivered when he had to in the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing evolves with the quarterback again who – has all the physical gifts you could you could possibly ask for in a in a quarterback size arm strength uh, ability to create plays with his legs all that stuff yeah and to to the point too georgia very realistically could lose two quarterbacks after this season because we all believe carson beck is going to be the guy and i think he is one the prototypical size, arm strength, all that good enough with the weapons that he's going to have around him. He's going to have a fantastic year in this Georgia offense under Mike Bobo. In my opinion, I think he could make the leap and say, all right, one, I've been there four years. I'm going to go have success, go out and go to the NFL. Then one of the two guys that's there right now and Brock and Gunner, I don't think both you see any scenario where both of them are on the roster at this point the next year um, somebody's going to have transferred and then you're left with one of those two and you're left with Dylan Raiola coming in and Ryan Puglisi coming in, not to be overlooked or overshadowed here. Ryan Puglisi, very good in his own right. We've had him on the show, a tremendous attitude. He's, he's looking to compete. You know, Jed, you, you put out a story uh, just a little while ago that he says, Hey, nothing's changed. And that's what he's told us since, you know, he, we, we asked him after he committed, when he was on the show, we asked him on here, hey, you know, if Georgia goes after another quarterback, what what's your opinion on that? And he, he said, hey, I, I love the University of Georgia. That's where I want to go to school. So I'm going to go there and compete. Nothing changes. And you got to give kudos to that kid for having that, that kind of attitude. Yeah, we were just talking about Stetson Bennett. That's the attitude he had both times he came to Georgia. Look, I just want a chance to come in and compete. And, and that's what Puglisi has. And he said, you know, when he spoke with um, Adam Friedman, our national analyst, he said it, this wasn't surprising. He said we had been talking about it for months now. I assume that means himself and the Georgia coaches about adding another quarterback. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm happy for Dylan. And, and he says that, that the biggest thing is he knows he's going to have to compete wherever he goes. And he actually made a good analogy. He says even if when he comes to Georgia – Georgia's going to recruit quarterbacks to come in behind him. So he's kind of taking a, a different view of this. So um, like you said, he's a very good quarterback and, and the staff evaluated him. They prioritized him over some of the other guys who were, um, you know, left uncommitted in the 24 class at the time they wanted him and they got him. Um, and he, you know, when I posted that update on the vault a little while ago, people were like, Oh, what's he supposed to say? And, you know, I, he could have said, well, we'll see how things goes. We'll evaluate it, whatever. He was very definitive. Nothing has changed. I'm locked in, all that. And, and you know, things can change. It's, you know, it, there's a long way to go till December. But he was very definitive in saying this. Nothing has changed. I'm still locked in. And, and he right now he's planning to be in Athens and uh, competing with Royola for this thing down the line. Got a lot of people in here with us. Uh, of course, Andy Stowe, Greg Rosenberg, Mr. Wing, Bobby Saggis, Howard Eubanks. We got Darius Sr. in here, a host of people. and uh, Plus, I put a lot of names up on there earlier. Jeremy Barbary, 
lots of you guys in here. We appreciate you tuning in. Make sure to share with friends. Go ahead and share it right now on uh, on Facebook, Twitter. Put it out there. Like, subscribe, turn on notifications. We greatly appreciate it. There's going to be great coverage of this and, and other stuff uh, on the YouTube channel leading up to the big scavenger hunt weekend. Guys, uh, kind of shifting gears a little bit, but not really at all. Kind of is tied back into Rayola. This is going to be a huge huge weekend for Georgia when it comes to the scavenger hunt. And we put out our war room last night. Listen, those Sunday night war rooms lately, if you're not a, if you're not a member of the vault, if you're not a member of UGA sports, then, you know, I don't, I, you're, you're missing out on a lot when those war rooms drop, but Trent, this is going to be, it usually is a huge recruiting event annually. And this one is going to be no different come the 20th and even uh, some official visit guys arriving on the 19th. Well, I would say with the news today that happened about one o'clock of the, this weekend got a, a little bit more interesting with, with who's coming and, and, and the fact that you have the number one player in the country recruiting for you now, um, that, that is a, that's a little different thing, especially with Jeremiah Smith coming in and just, just the, the, the talent and the, the guys that know and, Hey, the number one quarterback in the country, number one player in the country is already committed. Why don't we ride with him? I think that that's a little bit different going into the weekend than him being uncommitted, and that makes this whole this weekend a lot more uh, interesting. Jen, yeah, I mean, with with Jeremiah Smith especially is that one name that I mean to, to just kind of recap him and and Rayola were, were briefly committed to Ohio State together. They've maintained a friendship, and then right Rayola's kind of been the uh i don't know the the gateway i guess kind of the whole thing if if and when rayola commits it's going to be things will get ratcheted up for georgia with jeremiah smith and obviously that moment is now here it's jeremiah smith's official visit um as the thermostat kicks on behind me um and then you got you know cam michael roddy spoke with cam michael the other day at the state track meets and he said who are some guys you're talking to cam cam as an uncommitted guy oh yeah i've talked with dylan rayola a lot so guys like that, that Georgia's really after. I mean, listen, I, I think, and, and Trent, you mentioned to it, there's something about Rayola being a public commit now, but it sounds like talking with commits and other targets that people have kind of been able to get the vibe that uh, he was heavily leaning towards Georgia for a while. So uh, the, the publicity of this thing now, he can be public on Twitter about it, more, more um, you know, effervescent in, in text messages and stuff. It's, it's going to be huge, and it's going to start this weekend. And then two weeks down the line, we've got that first big official visit weekend. It's going to, um, you know, crank back up, crank right back up again. As you see what Greg Rosenberg put here, he said personally he'd rather have Rayola than Manning. Listen, there's there was a lot of that sentiment of people that sources that we talked to around the Georgia recruiting scene that felt that way before Rayler committed to Ohio State the first time, almost being like, hey, feel like if we had just said, you know what, uh, you know, we're not going to pursue as hard for arts that they could have got, you know, uh, Rayola the first time around, and that may have been uh, what some of those guys had preferred. Um, Trent, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, Arch Manning, great player, uh, deserving of all the kudos that he, that he got over his recruitment. But there are a lot of people that think the the floor and the ceiling are both higher with what you could get out of Rayola. Yeah, and I think a lot of people said, even uh, myself and uh, 
y'all, you all said that during the time, if, if Manning wasn't his last name, he wouldn't be the number one player in the country. And I think that's 100% legit. Uh, just looking at the film and everything, don't get me wrong. I, I think he's a five-star quarterback, but I don't think he's the number one player in the country. I don't think he's on the Trevor Lawrence level. I don't think he was even on the Justin Fields level. But I, but I do think uh, Dylan Raul is on that level, and um, he's he's you know every bit of a quarterback prospect that you want. Oh yeah, no no doubt, no doubt. I didn't mean to sidetrack us from the visits there, but Jed did a good job of talking about the official visits. Uh, so the official ones that we have, just to recap for people. Um, tuning in, people that are going to be coming to Georgia May 19th or 21st for official visits. Ohio State commit, five-star number one receiver in the country, Jeremiah Smith. Those two talked about – he and Rayola talked about playing together all the way back when Rayola was committed to Ohio State. Now that that is kind of getting rekindled there. Uh, Cam Michael, who, who Jed mentioned from Statesboro, four-star DB, but Kirby Smart has told him, hey, you know, you can play wide receiver if you want to. They just want him in the building uh, because of his athleticism. Casey Poe, in, interior offensive lineman that uh, Stacey Searles and the Georgia staff are very, very high on. And then Colton Heinrich, a tight end that, yes, uh, Jaden Riddell is coming in for unofficial, but Colton Heinrich is a guy. He looked, he, Jaden, Jason Witten is the guy who he said he grew up modeling his game after. And man, does he look like him when he plays? And that is a huge compliment because not many people played the position better than Jason Witten throughout their career. And he really, really looks good. Uh, Colton Heinrich does. And hey, you never put it past Todd Hartley to bring in however many talented tight ends he wants to, it seems like. So, guys, the unofficial visits not only will Rayola uh, be in town as expected in town, but Jaden Rodell, as you mentioned before. Uh, Jed coming in, K.J. Bolden. Uh, you talk about five stars and, and priority targets. There's K.J. Bolden's name popping up. Uh, and then you got Justin Williams, who probably will end up being a five-star before it's said and done. Glenn Schumann went out and and evaluated uh, evaluated Justin Williams, and all the reports that we got is that he absolutely fell in love with the guy from Conroe, Texas, Oak Ridge High School out there, 6'2", 210, can play inside and outside, uh, loves the might linebacker position, told me he loves communicating with everybody in the defense and, and loves what being a might linebacker is all about. That looks to be a Georgia-Alabama race right now with Dan Lennon in Oregon trying to sneak in there. So, And then his teammate that you talked to, Jed, Joseph uh, Jana, Jonah Ajane is going to be in town as well. Yeah, and he's a guy that's kind of in that five-tech uh, mold out of Texas. And Georgia offered him, I want to say, about a month or so ago, uh, maybe a little more. And Trey Scott, he kind of popped up on the radar after he won MVP honors at an Under Armour camp out in Texas. And he's one, another one of those guys that, you know, I, I've been, and y'all have probably seen this too, more and more you talk to guys that get offered and they'll say, yeah, man, Georgia's the dream school. And then you say dream school and you think, you know, these kids grew up fans of the school or you know, their parents went there or whatever. But for more and more of these kids, Georgia's the dream school because of the guys they put in the NFL or the championships they won. That's starting to be the, the dream school connotation for a lot of these recruits. It's not just the, the Stetson Bennett types who grew up going to games at Sanford Stadium. It's it's all the other stuff that the peripheral aspects, I guess, that uh, Kirby Smart has as a part of this program. So, um, yeah, Jonah Janye is, is another guy that they're looking at to kind of fill that. Um, you know, kind of like that Michael Williams role a little bit. Uh, him, Edric Houston, 
is another name that looking at right there. So um, yeah, his first visit to Athens and it'll be a, a big one if Georgia wants to kind of, you know, make up some ground on the Texas schools and Oklahoma, those types that are, uh, that have been involved, I guess, in that recruitment a little longer. No, no doubt. No doubt. And, and so you talked about, you know, you, you've talked, we've talked about Dylan Raola now being committed. Would there's three other commits that we've confirmed for this visit as well. So Kobe White, Dwight Phillips, and DeMello Jones all going to be in town, all going to be working on these guys that we just mentioned. So it is a huge weekend. Um, you know, Chris Taylor asked about, and Chris, we appreciate you tuning in, man. Uh, he says, what do we think about Edric Houston? I do not expect Edric Houston to be in town this weekend. And, and Trent, quite frankly, you and I have both maintained here for a long time. We're not, we're not in the business of wanting to, you know, pump sunshine uh, up people's, you know, rear ends here on UGA sports. What we're trying to do is try to tell you accurate information. And we've felt really good about Dylan Roller for a long time. We felt really good about KJ Bolden in Georgia for a long time. I don't feel as good currently about Edric Houston in Georgia right now. Not saying he's not going to end up at Georgia and things don't turn out, but I just don't feel like Georgia's in as good or as leading or dominant a position as they are with some of these other priority targets. Yeah, and, and the problem is the the position that Georgia sit with with like KJ Bolden and and Dylan Raul and guys like that. Ohio State has set in that position with Edric since, uh, you know, kind of the fall. He, Ohio State's kind of been the school for him, um, you know, for six, seven months. The relationship with uh, Larry Johnson or the defense line coach at Ohio State and and those relationships. So I think Georgia's had ground to make up for Edric as whereas the other ones, they kind of had a head start. They were they were more out in front and kind of just coasted, the, coasted along uh, as the leaders throughout. They've had to make up ground for Edric, and and while Georgia's still fighting there, and uh, I think they have made up ground, I do still think Ohio State might have a slight edge, and and so so definitely what you're saying is Georgia doesn't sit as well for Edric as they, they do for for a couple other prospects in this class. Yeah, and I and sorry, I'm reading comments here, so I don't know if you mentioned LSU, but LSU's getting in that thing. I mean. You know, there's lots of people pushing pushing for Edric at, at this point in time. I think that one's far from far from done. Uh, you know, and even uh, to that end, Sammy Brown won't be he won't be in town for the um, for the scavenger hunt. But I'll tell you what, it doesn't go overlooked that as I posted in the war room that Glenn Schumann was there last year at Sammy's track meet. He was the first person to call Sammy Brown after being a two-time state championship uh state wrestling state champion and he was also at his state trap meet this weekend it's a tight tight relationship there so that's something to, to keep and keep an eye on as well with a decision coming that would seem to be bulling down between uh georgia clemson he does have another couple of official visits scheduled but that that could be coming you know probably july but definitely before the season gets rolling so, without further ado, uh, we are going to get to some questions here. Uh, and, you know, we're going to start off here with our man, Andy Stowe. Jed? Yeah, he says, I know the remaining 14 or whatever uh, spots, I suppose, UJ has left for this class won't be directly related to Dylan Riola. But how many will be directly related to Riola? Five? Yes. Yeah, 
Yeah, so Andy put in his question there, we can only fit so many characters on the screen, but he also said, hey, last year Texas picked up, I think, 14 or 15 commitments after Arch committed. There was kind of that effect. Now he said, you know, hey, I know all of them probably weren't connected to Arch, but how many, if you had to put an over-under, guys, on how many commitments that Georgia will receive from this point going forward are connected to um, to Dylan Raola, Let's set the let's set the number at five and a half. Would you go over that number or under that number? I, I personally, I would go over because for the last, I mean, several weeks, Georgia staff's been giving Dylan Rahul numbers to call because he's been recruiting for Georgia. So I think he's directly related to a lot more prospects than than even we're well uh, we're aware of. Just just from what Georgia's, you know, Georgia staff and his communications have been and, and knowing who the top priorities are, I think he's already had a head start on on getting in touch with and building relationships with these guys. So I would definitely go over. Yeah, I could go over too. And I mentioned this on the live show uh, that we the live reaction show we did today. It seems like with Riola compared to Arch, you know, Riola has a lot more relationships with guys and he's on the you know, seems like he's on the seven on seven circuit more and stuff like that. He seems like a lot more outgoing person. And when you talk about Arch Manning, listen, he's had the spotlight on him since he was you know, 10, 11 years old. So you can't fault him for it necessarily, but it's much seems more like introverted, much more yeah, introverted exactly. than Rayola. And it, it seems like, is it Rayola or Rayola playing? Cause I keep saying, I, we, we can, we can ask. Anyway, he seems like, I think the way Roddy put it on the show today was, He's a he has been able to be more of a normal kid at events like that, and that has helped him build relationships with guys uh, across the country. You know, he talks to Sammy Brown, he talks to KJ Bold, and he talks to you know Peyton Woodyear a lot. Yeah, he's he's close with some guys over at Modern Day, so all over the country, guys know Dylan uh, Riola, and it's it's gonna it's gonna pay dividends in a big way for the rest of this class, I think. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, I think uh, I think they're they're I would go over as well. Um, you know, I think if, if guys like just by the heck, look at the social media interactions we saw today, Jed, I mean, KJ Bolden was a guy who was commenting all over that. Of course, Jeremiah Smith would be, would be connected. Jordan Seaton had things to say about it. That's just three that come off the top of my head. We know he's been in communication with, with Cam Michael. There's, there's four right there. Ryan Wingo is a guy he's he's closely tied to. Jaden Riddell, that's six. So that would put you over the five and a half there if all those guys ended up coming to Athens. So, yeah, Andy, I think there's going to be a lot of guys connected to him in this class. Christian Clark as well. Yeah, Christian Clark and another Arizona guy. I Dallas Dog 225 says, does UGA ever lose another game? Kidding? Kind of. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's going to happen at some point. But I do. I, I was thinking about this today. It almost seems like, you know, Georgia has reached that point of where Alabama was a couple of years ago, where if you beat the University of Georgia, it's like this earth-shattering, program-changing moment where you where you beat them. And I think that's where Georgia has now gotten to as a program. What are they? Thirty-three and one in their last thirty-four games. Is that it? I, I believe that's right. Thirty-three yeah, and one. SEC championship in. Uh, in yeah, because it was yeah, it was fourteen. Yeah, so I, I think they're thirty-three and one in the last thirty-four games. Uh, I don't see them. I think they're very well uh, going to be forty-five and one, in, in my opinion. You know, SEC championship. I'm not going to predict next year, but looking at the schedule next year, 
you don't see many bumps in the road uh, as far as uh, teams that can out-talent Georgia. Um, well, nobody's really going to out-talent Georgia, but it's going to be hard for Georgia to lose a game looking at their schedule next year unless it, the game at Tennessee could stump them. But um, I, I could see Georgia being 45-1. and one. So talking about losing a game, I think the next game they could possibly lose is the SEC championship game next year. Jed, I was I was talking to it was on the on the dog dog vent or the vault one of the two and mentioned the team speed that Georgia's going to have over the next few years. How fast the guys that they're bringing in at the linebacker position like Redland Wilson and uh, you know I mean just team speed all across the board. Anthony Evans uh, is a ten two guy. C.J. Smith, who was two classes ago, he's a he's a low ten two guy. Of course, they have Arian Smith this year, and then they're bringing in guys in this class, like Dwight Phillips with a ten two four with a pulled hammy that he that he put down this week. If if a guy like Sammy Brown it ends up being in the class, ten seven six at two hundred and thirty pounds in the hundred meter prelims this week. So. There's just so much speed on this roster. Of course, the guys in the secondary like A.J. Harris, all those kind of guys, the team speed for Georgia over the next three years is just ridiculous. Yeah, and, and you know, C.J. Allen, a guy from, yeah, I believe, Lamar. Can really run. And, and is built like a tank, too. I and mean, that's the thing. All these guys are, are physically imposing while also being able to run. And, and I posted this the other night. Two guys in the 23 class who aren't on campus yet, Chris Peel and Kyron Jones, you know, everyone – that was kind of the big narrative around Kyron Jones when Jordan got involved late in his recruitment. He's a running back, but he's really fast. Kirby is, is going to use him as a DB. Chris or Chris Peel edged him out in the 100-meter dash, I think a 10-4-2 maybe, 10-4-2 and 10-4-5, something in that, in that range. And Chris Peel's a guy – you know, we, we knew he could move, but we didn't – like speed wasn't the number one thing – uh, that everybody talked about with him, and he's he's got the wheels to match and exceed Kyron Jones. So everywhere on the field is is their speed. I mean, like you said, Dwight Phillips is a guy who I saw him this week, and I was actually surprised how big he was because I'm thinking, okay, a running back that's running 10 to 100 meter dash is a is, is really small, and and he's Bill. He's probably I think rivals list him at 171 or so, and he's probably you know, 185, 190, and and got nine months before he's on a college campus. So. Um, like you said, it's everywhere. It's every position. There's speed everywhere. There's freaky athletes everywhere. Um, you know, I think the thing is you get the freaky athletes on campus and then you figure it out after that. And that's something that, um, you know, Kirby Smart's done a really good job of during his time in Athens. Yeah, Yazid Haynes, too. Uh, no, Yazid Haynes. We, how do we forget? I mean, he can just fly, you know, 4 3 laser 40 guy. That's even guys, Cole Spear, Cole Spear on the team ran a 4 3 7 laser timed 40. I mean, there's just speed galore. Cash Jones, a walk-on running back, can run in the four fours. I mean, is just is just crazy speed. Um, the boy racer 45 says, how legitimate are Georgia's chances with Jeremiah Smith now that DR is officially committed? Also, do you still think DR would be in town? Yeah, we, we, we believe he's going to be in town for the scavenger hunt. And um, guys, if you had to put a number on it, uh, I would – Listen, we all our rule, and we will stick by our rule, is you're committed to you're not. But I will say that this thing for me is getting much, much closer to a coin flip than it was before. You're getting up near that 50-50 mark, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if you're telling me to put, you know, put the house on it, I'd still pick Ohio State. But listen, he got 
talking about Dan Orlovsky getting ahead of his skis, Jeremiah Smith fired off a couple tweets uh, in, the, in the wake of this thing today that, you know, he had the thinking face emoji, and I, I can't remember what the other one was. But, um, and, and listen, like, I, I don't, I wouldn't go racing to put a future cast in or anything based on that because kids like to have fun on Twitter. But it, it's notable because that's the main, that's been the, the, the pivot point in this Jeremiah Smith thing is, is getting Dylan Riola on board to recruit him. So, um, I mean, this weekend is huge. He got to Athens, remember, in March uh, for that unofficial. And um, this this weekend is going to tell us a lot, I think. And, and people on the in the YouTube comments have mentioned, you know, Brian Hartline leaves for another job. That's obviously something that, if it happens, would be way on down the line, you know, December or whatever. But uh, Georgia's done all it's all it can in terms of recruiting Jeremiah Smith, getting his his buddy in a quarterback, and now they've they've got their shot to swing for the fences this weekend for sure. He, Jeremiah Smith had to come out and say he was just having fun, yeah, just teasing exactly. around. Yeah, so, you know, like, hey, there's you a delete it, you delete it, and you say you're having fun. Like again, it's 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 all you got a kernel of truth to every joke is what exactly. is what my grandmother used to tell me. Eternal of truth to every joke. Trent, what do you think about the chances? There's a there's a lot of feelings in there too. I mean, dude, with with him being committed to Ohio State, him having the relationship with Hartline that he does. I believe Aaron Nolan plays seven on seven with him, and he's now the quarterback commit at uh, Ohio State. So I think they're. Uh, you know, you don't want to rub anybody wrong. I know that Jeremiah Smith's a top, uh, a top ranked wide receiver, but um, at the same time, you still are committed until you're not. So I, I do think Ohio State. Um, if, I, like Jed said, if I was a betting man, I would say Ohio State today. But Georgia is very well in the mix here and and could, uh, you know, overtake that this coming weekend with a visit. The way that it was described to me by a source was that, hey, if if Raul is committed. And Jeremiah Smith in town. He said, "That's the that's the best. That's that's Georgia firing all the bullets in its chamber. That's the best shot that it's it's going to have." So you know, big weekend. We'll see what what happens for Georgia. Our Hall fifty five. Now, how many commits by August 1, 2023? and how does this affect the offensive line recruiting? Um, Jed, we had the you had the interaction with J- Jordan uh, Seaton. I had an interaction with Casey. Casey Poe, and I'll have a story coming out on Casey Poe tomorrow. Uh, I do want to read this off here. Um, you know, he was like, I, I think it's awesome pickup for the dogs. He's an awesome player with great competition, no matter who else is in the quarterback room. So he's got conf- comp- you know, confidence that he can come in and compete. And he said that's for sure something that offensive linemen look at is who's going to be the, the trigger man behind him. And you talked – or you had an interaction with Jordan Seaton as well. Yeah, Jordan Seaton said, like you just said, all good quarterbacks need a left tackle. And he said, Jordan's already a school uh, that I'm focused on, which which we've, um, you know, Herbie said, it's good to know there's a guy back there who could spin it if I end up being a dog. So, and and Ben had a note on um, Brandon Baker from Modern Day that was essentially the same thing. So, like you said, the best the best want to block for the best. You know, they want to they want to be the guys in the background of these Patrick Mahomes type highlights when he's, when he's circling around in the backfield and, and making plays down the field. So um, yeah, it definitely, uh, I mean, I think a guy of Riola's caliber affects, affects everybody and, and all across. I mean, talking about KJ Bolden, KJ Bolden's likely going to end up a defensive guy. Um, Sammy Brown could end up a defense, will end up, will be a deep a defensive guy. So um but yeah, when you look at the offensive guys, 
you got receivers who will catch passes from him, running backs who will get the ball from him, and, and linemen who will block from him. It affects – it trickles down all the way through this thing. It's it's like we said on the show today, man, it's it's hard to overstate how big it's going to be at all all positions in this class. One, one interesting thing to me is you don't often see like the number one player in the country be as outgoing as, as Dylan is from that, you know, reaching out. He, he's trying to recruit everybody. He's been trying to recruit everybody for several weeks now. And you look back at the the other number one recruits like Arch Manning and and those guys are not as outgoing like we've talked about. Even Trevor Lawrence back in the day, I, he wasn't as outgoing as as Raul is for sure. So I think that I mean you having the uh, number one quarterback in the country committed, number one player in, in the country committed, being in these guys' ear, you know, a couple times per week or three or four times per week, um, that that's gonna uh, at least bring the big dogs on campus and give Georgia a fighting chance for most most of these guys. No doubt. Uh, Trent, what's the number by August 1st? Oh, I there are 12 20. now in the class. What I would you say 20. that number? You said 20. So you think you think they got eight more to go between now and August 1st. Um, I mean, that's, that's, you're, that's, that's aggressive. I mean, that's a lot. But we do know that guys that are planning on, and they've made it known that they plan on making a decision, you know, before season gets started, or guys like Sammy Brown, guys like, uh, KJ Bolden, for sure, want want to get things going. Uh, Joe, you know Joseph Phillips is a guy who's going to be in town uh, this this weekend at the scavenger hunt. And heck, I, now there's so many guys coming in. I just realized I didn't put him in my war room last night, but he's going to be he's going to be in town. Uh, by the way, uh, linebacker, he's a guy that wouldn't mind making a decision uh, before his senior year gets started. So, I mean, there's lots of guys that we know already want to have this wrapped up before their senior years. The question is how many of them go to Georgia, you know, cause they're not going to get or not going to take everybody. So um, we'll see, see what happens there, but that is a interesting number. All right, Jed, what do we have next here from Pine Tree? Yeah. Any growing momentum with uh, Williams and Dylan Stewart and Justin Scott. Um, I mean, in terms of growing momentum, I would say I wouldn't categorize any of those as vastly growing momentum. I think it's kind of status quo, and Georgia's going to have to really impress on the official visit to, I think, make a move with those guys. Uh, Trent, would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, I would. I would say so. I think. I mean, Justin Scott's never visited Georgia, so. I don't think there's been much growing momentum that you can actually say in that in that recruitment. I think the it could grow uh, with a vis- when he visits. I think that's what we're all waiting for to see what comes from that visit because we've been waiting on that visit since the end of January when he was going to commit to Notre Dame. Jed, what's your opinion on those guys? Yeah, I mean we mentioned this with Scott that he delayed his commitment and there was all the momentum such as it was, and then he hasn't been able to make it for a visit yet. So, yeah, Georgia's position to make a move, um, especially with it being that first weekend and as big as that's going to be. Um, Dylan Stewart, he visited in the, in the spring at some point. I don't remember the date. And, yeah, it's like um, like you said. March, eight, March 18th, I believe. It's, it's not – I mean, Georgia's right in it. I mean, I don't wouldn't say that it's growing. You know, Georgia's involved. Uh, you know, Adam Freeman had an update on him the other day. It's like Georgia, Ohio State. South Carolina and, and Oregon are kind of like that top group there. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then Williams Nwanery, I think, is kind of the, I don't know, odd man out or whatever it is. 
um, of that group. Um, but uh, yeah, I would I would say those those two guys, Stewart and Scott, I think are the more likely of that trio to end up in the class. But it's like you said, it's kind of status, and they're both going to be in on that first official visit weekend in Athens. So um, or first official week official visit weekend in June, excuse me. So uh, Georgia's got a shot with them. And we'll just have to see how it goes, and we'll know a lot more coming out of that weekend. No doubt. Medical Dodds says a few weeks ago, the internet, the vault himself, uh, all everybody lost their mind, things, and commitment was imminent. What is what happened? But what happened was, Gordon, what we were told, that was just never the plan. That was just never the, the case. That wasn't, you know, there may have been some internal conversations about hey would would you know would maybe this be the right time or is there is how are we wanting to go about this or something like that but there was never this full scale plan to say hey this is this is going to be it so plain and simple we just listened to the people who who knew and and that we never said that here on uga sports uh did franklin 31 which running back in 2024 is most affected in a positive way for UGA by Raola's commitment, do we know if Kirby actually conveyed that they're going to open up this offense? Listen, Kirby's been saying forever Georgia's going to try to be as explosive as they can on the offense. And then, Trent, would you – I mean, I think this impacts really the two that we've kind of been saying the most, Nate Frazier and Christian Clark, I think are going to be really impacted by this move. Yeah, Christian Clark, I do think uh, – we talked about him earlier. I think it, that that's going to be an impact. And as far as uh, – Opening up the offense, I think Georgia has, you know, opened up the offense the past couple of years compared to what Kirby has been accustomed to his first four, um, five or six years at Georgia, or four or five years uh, with Jim Ch- uh, Chaney and 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 what he ran with them, just the the football uh, running the football and relying on defense to win games. I think Kirby understood that he needed to make a change with that. And he did with Todd Munkin. The offense opened up a little bit, but then you hit the COVID year where. Uh, it was kind of a mess when in Munkin's first year. So uh, that was kind of delayed. Then you saw what happened the last two years had Stetson been in a quarterback and they threw over 50% of the time when they were running more at a uh, 60% run, a 40% pass. So I think you have seen Kirby change and I think that will continue to change as the years go on. But uh, I think it's headed in that direction. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, now, in terms of, in terms of the follow-up question here, D. Franklin thirty-one, does this kid uh, who beat Phillips in the one hundred play football? Uh, I'm not sure. I looked, I saw his name. I didn't see, I didn't see Jed if he uh, played played football or not. The guy who beat out Dwight Phillips there. Um, if so, is you? What now? The name did not ring a bell. So. Um, you know, there are fast people in the world, uh, outside the world of football as well. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and then we also have, uh, he's asked how we keep information. Listen, we just, we just, you know, you gotta keep the, you gotta listen to what's going on and keep people informed, but also keep the best interest of, of other people out there. Um, yeah, I've got some breaking, uh, news on Twitter, uh, Laneith. Whitehead, a transfer running back from Tennessee, has committed to Georgia. He has tweeted. Okay. So he uh, he was at Tennessee, right? Was at Tennessee, missed all of 2022. He's from Athens Academy. Um, I actually remember seeing him the summer, 
I guess this, you know, Bali was at Athens Academy and he's a big kid. I mean, we're, he's a very big, um, physical. He's about I mean, 230, this, 235. Yeah. This says six to uh, two twenty eight. So, um, you know, there was obviously the, the depth that running back has kind of been something that's been brought up, you know, especially with, with Branson Robinson's injury and Kendall Milton's, a tendency to, to have some some things going on. So um there you go. There's some late there's some breaking news at nine fifteen on a on a Monday night Laneith Whitehead from um Athens Academy has uh has committed to Georgia. Yeah. So there you go. Uh running running back formerly uh of SEC Ilk there playing for uh Tennessee missing last year as Jed said so now dogs pick up another commit here uh at the at the running back position so uh wow i mean not not i don't think that's listen we'll we'll tell you when we see one coming i didn't see that one coming so georgia adds a adds a running back in there um and that's that as you said a position of you know they they when they lost and they lost uh you know of course kenny mcintosh uh savon clark who was added depth he was kind of a he was a walk-on, but he was like a preferred walk-on guy. Had a lot of experience, and Andrew Paul's coming back from ACL uh, injury, so you know, so there was some uncertainty there, Trent. Yeah, and I think the you know Kendall Milton's you know injury history, uh, along with what they have on the roster, uh, it, it's it's hard to you know Dejon Edwards has been the only uh, guy that you can really count on in that room to stay healthy, and you you. We talked about it before. They could be headed to the, the the fall if Kendall Milton's not healthy with two healthy running backs. You you, you needed depth there, and I, I do think Whitehead will, he'll add depth. You know, I haven't dove into his film in a while. He, he's he was at Tennessee, but um, he, he's another big back, a, a bruiser type back that that'll bring depth to to Georgia, and and Georgia exactly needed that. They needed depth at the running back position. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, speaking of uh, Athens Academy, I did want to shout out Dale McGee's son, Austin McGee, ran a 10-6 as a sophomore in the 100-meter and won the state championship uh, at, at Athens Academy. He'll actually be at the scavenger hunt weekend. Georgia hasn't offered Austin McGee, but he's a guy that, um, you know, Auburn's starting to kick the tires on him, and he's got he's get, picking up some Power 5 offers. But, hey, as we always do, we tend to, you never know what's going to happen here on Rumors versus Facts. And that includes Dominic Rayola uh, joining us here. So, Mr. Uh, Rayola, how are you doing this evening, sir? Good, man. Sorry for the delay. Sorry for the delay, but I'm good, man. It's an exciting day for, uh, for our family. Oh, no doubt. How glad are you that it's over with? I mean, that has to be the first question here. How, how excited are you that now it's all about just, hey, the road in front? You know, it's it's uh I never want to take for granted the position that Dylan was in and the uh, the opportunity that he had. And, you know, you get to go through this process. Who knows how many times, how many kids you get to do this with. But um, this are you know, it's our second one that we get to do the recruiting process with. But this one was cool. It was awesome. Um, I'm not uh, I'm not glad it's over with in a not appreciating the, the, the journey, yeah. but, uh, I'm glad that it's, uh, you know, I'm glad that he's happy. He made a decision that, uh, you know, I think we can all live with. And, um, I mean, it's, it's, uh, he's excited, man. It's, it's exciting time for our family. We've known this, you know, he felt like 
this for a while, but uh, it's the, just the more time that went by, the, the just the more real it felt, and uh, it was time. When it when it comes down to though the demands, like not many people know what it's like to be recruited at the Power Five level. Even fewer people know what it's like to be recruited as the guy who's heralded as the number one recruit in the country. Just tell people, give people a little peek behind the curtain of what the demands are like, even early on in a commitment of how many coaches are calling, how do you manage all this stuff? Like, what what is that process like? Yeah, it's, you know, like I said, I'm going to reiterate that the point that you never want to take the position you're in for granted, but it's a lot, you know, and then uh, you only can make one, one team happy. You only can make, uh, you know, one place happy. And, um, and at the end of the day, um, and that's why it, it deserves the time that it got. Um, it, it took, it took a while. Um, it was six or seven weeks since we left Athens last. And this dude's been feeling this, you know, for a while now. And, uh, I think just the more time went on, uh, the more it reveals itself that, you know, Georgia was, was home to him and, and I me, mean, shoot, we've been there seven times, going to be eight this week and nine with the, uh, with the official visit coming up. So, I mean, it was, it's real and it's, uh, it's exciting. And, and I've always said from the beginning, Georgia, outside of Nebraska, Georgia's as family as it gets, just with our history there, um, you know, not just Stafford. It's, it's more than that. It's the guy, the relationships I, you know, I created with those guys that went to school there that weren't even athletes. Um, being in the wedding, um, you know, Sean Chappis being in front office at Georgia, uh, every time we went there, it's it, it felt like family, and and uh, it's elite. You know, elite is uh, a word that you can't ever throw around loosely, and it's um, that place yeah. is elite. Jed, I know you got a question for Mr. Rayola here. I've actually got two. Uh, is it Rayola or Rayola? Rayola. I thought Rayola. you know. I'll, I'll tell I you, so in the media guide. I always thought the spelling of my last name was pretty easy. The, the, the enunciation of it was. And uh, I guess it's not as easy as it sounds. It's Rye. Like, they always put, like, Rye Ola. Like, I know there are harder names yeah. in the roster to pronounce, but, uh, <laughs> but it's Rye Ola. Yeah. Okay. Well, you cool. got to uh, pardon us, you know, Georgia boys here. You'll get used to that. Uh, I've you know, been this, called, this... hey, I've been called worse. <laughs> um, I guess kind of, like, two parts. One – I mean, you kind of touched on a little bit, but what were what was the I guess the deciding factor in y'all eventually picking Georgia? And then two, I'm kind of curious, what were the? We talked to a lot of recruits that they have conversations with their parents when they're when they're stacking up against these different schools. What were you and Dylan's conversations like about you know the pros and cons of Georgia and and how y'all decided together? I guess that this was uh, the best place for Dylan to be. Well, the first question is easy. The standard is the standard. It's uh, it's a place that's going to push you to be your very best every day. Um, it's going to challenge you in every aspect of life. Every time you step foot on or off that campus, you have to be elite. Uh, you have to be ahead of the game, and uh, that's that's going to challenge him to do that. And uh, he wanted that challenge. And 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 uh, I guess number two, um, I guess you know I I, I think it's uh. The conversations were 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 real. Um, it's you know you're talking about um, guys who are the best in the business and what they do. Um, you know, and and a, and a program that's the best in the business, not just because um, not just because 
they're the defending national champs, but how they go about their business every day. And, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, you're going to get developed. You got to bet on your talent. You got to trust your talent. And uh, that, that place is going to bring the best. It's going to bring the best out of you. It, it, it definitely weeds you out. Uh, if you want to play in the NFL, it's a place where you're going to find, find out a lot about yourself. No doubt. Trent, you got anything for, uh, for Dominic here? Yeah, I know that y'all are close with uh, with Matthew Stafford, and uh, you know him, him being with uh, Bobo, and y'all having the opportunity to do your homework and and build that relationship with Mike Bobo. What what is what is it about Mike Bobo that's kind of uh, you know grown on y'all and and trusted him to you know coach coach your son for the next three years? Um, he's a great man. He's a man of faith. Uh, you know, I was in their meetings. They start every day with a with a you know devotional. Um, I think that's really awesome uh, because it's not just all about ball. But you know, when when the bell rings, it's about ball. And and uh, I go back to you know what Kirby said: uh, the system's in place. Um, you know, the talent will take over and 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 run the system that's there. And it's an NFL system. It's a uh, and Coach Bubble has has a proven uh, track record of of making this happen. Um, you say what you want. Um, that he hasn't he hasn't done it at that level. That's a bunch of crap because he's done it at, at a really high level with Stafford, Aaron Murray. Like we've done our research, you <laughs> know. And and George is home for him. I mean, stability. Uh, you talk about stability. I mean, you want to be in a stable place and as stable of a place as you can get. And um, shoot, how many coaches with Georgia ties uh, that? You know, played football there. Um, Coach or Hartley went to school, school there. I mean, yeah, you got – so um, it means a little bit more, you know, to a lot of those guys. And, um, you know, we're just excited and, you know, very trustworthy of this whole process and, and how Dylan felt at the end of the day and, and, and how he went through his process. How excited is Dylan and your talks with him and yourself, your, your wife – your family, you know, daughter, other, other son about coming to Athens this weekend and kind of pressure being off, just be there, enjoy what's going to be his new home for the next, you know, three or four years. And just, just, uh, you know, talk to these other guys that are going to be on campus. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for him to experience that and, uh, kind of take the role of a recruiter now. Um, you know, he, he, I will touch on that because my daughter was home this weekend from college and uh, it was special because we were all together doing it. Um, we were all together being able to, he was being, he was able to make that commitment and, um, and uh, really share it with everybody. I think it's one of the first times we did it with her when she committed to TCU and um, you know, we get to carry that on and uh, that's a big deal. How many followers did she add this weekend? Because she treated out them dogs, man, and then I'm telling you, those dog emojis, and it seemed like her uh, follower account was flying up through the roof, you know? Uh, the good thing about those three are they're, they're each other's best friends, and uh, she's now taking over a new role of, of uh, his marketing, uh, the both the boys' marketing uh, CEO, if you will. So uh, we're, we're excited. Business. She's got a, a season to play, but she's uh, she's their biggest fan, and they're all each other's biggest fans, so that's pretty cool. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, uh, and Dom's got something. He's he's going to the little showcase deal over there. Do you got to get anything for him before we let him go here? I just like you. I like your hat. <laughs> More golf. That's that's advice we can all live by. So this that's man's better. always this man's always out there hitting the links. Now, don't let him fool you. What's the handicap, Dom? 
It's 12, but I could I could be a 17 or I could be an 8, so I, I'm your worst enemy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. You never know. Well, uh, Dominic, we appreciate you greatly coming on. Uh, we hope you guys have a, a great rest of the week and a good time at the scavenger hunt, and I'm sure we'll, we'll be talking to you down the line. Thanks, Blaine. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Thank, thank you, Dominic. That's Dominic Rayola here with us, guys. We certainly, um, you know, appreciate him stopping by. Huge day uh, for him and his family. So him taking time to come on with us. That was, uh, you know, that was awesome. So uh, we, we appreciate him. You genuinely could not find a family that, from my experiences here, that has been more genuine in their dealings with all the people um with with you're talking about media you're talking about coaches of all the different programs uh dealing with those relationships that you mentioned trent of of other guys and stuff there just seems to be you know the real thing when you when you come in contact with it and it seems like they certainly you know i think that definitely comes from them being rooted in their faith and, and what they stand for and believe in but it certainly seems like it's a it's a genuine bunch yeah, for sure. I mean, that when when they stop to see a pastor on the way back from their trip from Georgia, you you know what their uh, number one priority is, and you know that you know everything that he just talked about right there was was um, you know let letting their kid make the decision, but the family being comfortable with that decision and 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 blessing that decision, and and the way they are as a family, you just you know it's a tight knit family, and. Um, it's just another kid with a, a, a great family that's coming to Georgia. And then Georgia has a lot of those families in there. And I think Kirby and this staff's taking pride in recruiting families and kids like, like the Raul's. No, no doubt. No doubt. Um, so we're, we're about uh, ready to wrap up here, guys. You got anything? Um, Jed, I know we got some pieces coming out this week. I know we've got, uh, you know, things coming up leading in. We'll have reactions from the scavenger hunt and you, you promise you you probably want to tune into next uh next rumors versus facts that's it's, it's going to be a good one as well so jed what what you got i just got one more uh bit of uh reaction blaine trent we were, we were texting guys all afternoon trying to get a reaction to um to the dylan uh dylan rayola commitment one mike matthews just texted me back uga was already one of my top schools now things are even more intriguing so oh wow you know all kind of stuff that we that's whether it's commits, obviously have have you know been excited about it. Uncommitted guys, it's resonated with them. This is one of those commitments that that really um, you know sends ripples through throughout the recruiting world. So um, you know, just one more guy to keep an eye on in, in the coming weeks. If Georgia's if Georgia lands two of Mike Matthews, Jeremiah Smith, Ron Wingo, watch out. If they land oh, two yeah. of those. College football, as we know it, is ending. Uh, you know, it's, it, that's how that's how it goes. I mean, if, if that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's crazy. You can not only have so much talent in one one roster, but Kirby seems to be pushing the limits of what that what what that maximum amount of talent you can fit onto a roster is. So, guys, we appreciate you tuning in with us. Had a huge crowd in here. Hit that like button before you go. It's really easy. It's free. It helps us out. Subscribe, turn on notifications, check out Coach Donnan and Roddy and Dane tomorrow. I'll be with Tavares King and Noshan Marino uh, on our show on Wednesday night. Paul and um, Paul and Ben have the Sunday Collins show. Brent and Dane do 
their breaking down of the film and all of that kind of stuff here on the UGA Sports YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe, turn on notifications. We'll catch you guys next time for Trent Smallwood, Jed May. I'm Blaine Gilmer. Make sure to go back and check our interview with Dominic Raola we just had on here. And uh, we'll catch all you guys next time on UGA Sports, Rumors versus Facts. Oh, yeah.